Part 1. I have always had stories floating around in my head, and I always have tried to figure out ways to write them down. Yes, I use the word try, and that is exactly what I mean. Let me explain. My first rejection came at the tender age of six and a half, the half is important at that age, when my first grade teacher gave me a big, fat, freshly baked F apparently, writing my own story about a magical circus performer in lieu of what she had on the board was frowned upon. She even gave my title dance on air a big red X accompanied by a, frowning face, not the assignment, and see me. My mother, who was best friends with my teacher, knew that I had messed up before I even got to lunch, let alone home. Now that I am an older adult, the only thing that crosses my mind when I think about this is seriously? That upset my teacher so badly that she felt the need to call my mother and whine? Never mind the fact that I, as a first grader, wrote complete sentences and spelled everything correctly without copying her example verbatim. I was literally given the same grade as the people who did not do the assignment. I guess that was my first lesson with not the assignment. My second big rejection came in second grade. That torturous year was pitted with one argument after another. I will call her Mrs. Snape because that is how she spoke with the students, like we were something nasty stuck to her shoe. I think back to my seven-year-old self and wonder where on earth the fortitude to constantly challenge her came from. Mrs. Snape was vicious with her criticism. We were learning to write in cursive. She had made it through the entire alphabet, and we were to practice the whole thing. I was like, okay, I'll just write a story. As I am writing, I can hear Mrs. Snape going after the other students, Noel, we have been at this for two weeks. It was never what she said but the dripping condescension and sarcasm that hung in her tone of voice that was unmistakably calling her students stupid. You'll be with me again next year if you can't figure out how to learn. Somehow, in my infinite second grade wisdom, I wrote in my messy scroll, I'd rather die than have to repeat second grade with Mrs. Snape's curse, I've mouth. I made sure to leave a big space after curse, so it was clear what I meant. Unfortunately, she had moved on from Noel and was now standing over my shoulder. I'm sure a teacher would be fired for this now, but this was the early 1970s. The only thing I remember was having the paper snatched up with one of her hands and my left arm with the other. In an instant, she had jerked me to my feet and was literally dragging me down the hall to the principal's office. I remember fighting with her. I attempted to force her to let go, of course that was useless as she jerked my arm harder while half dragging me. We burst into the office and she physically plopped me down in a chair while demanding to see the principal about my written commentary. Two hours later, or it could have been fifteen minutes, I was seven, after all, my mother shows up. My mother and I, as most mothers and daughters do, have an extremely complicated relationship, but when it comes to other people being harsh with me, Mrs. Snape was out of her league. I may have received an F, but I was not in trouble at home. I went home with mother and enjoyed watching an afternoon rerun of the recently cancelled Dark Shadows followed by my favorite Star Trek. This pattern of not the assignment continued for many years. Some teachers did not care as long as I was writing, great, while others would hand out their Fs for not following directions. It is a miracle that I graduated. I will have to admit that 8th and 9th grade did involve English class summer school before I could move up. That is when my mother finally lost her cool with my affliction and put a stop to my writing. She did it on such a grand scale that I didn't write beyond school assignments for decades. That would include continuing not writing after I graduated. I didn't want to be a loser or homeless person who wouldn't be able to go to college with all that summer school on my record. 
When I began working at a college, of course the college professors thought differently. Taking classes was an employee benefit. Of course, the first thing I signed up for was creative writing. When the semester ended and we began our holiday break for three weeks, I was faced with the possibility of boredom. My children were going to visit their grandparents in Tennessee for a week. So not only was I facing being bored, but I was also going to do so alone. I had been retired from another profession before I started working at the college. Much of that job involved dealing with situations that other people like to think don't actually exist. As a result, I have a lot of experience witnessing injustices. I came up with the idea of writing six short stories about a genie after watching a Twilight Zone marathon on my DVD player. My idea was to take six of the worst cases that I had worked in my previous career and rewrite the outcome with the help of my genie. The entire storyline came together in two or three days. This short story idea was long abandoned for a six-chapter novel. I started with the least of the worst cases and patterned the chapters from the least worst to the most worst cases. In the end, the genie would realize that before his spirit could move on, he would need to forgive himself for everything he had done over the last 2,000 years. The last master, or the last chapter, deals with the genie struggling to force the wish to have the master's desired outcome instead of something horrible. This proves to be difficult for him because one bit of hatred still clings to his soul, his own self-loathing proves to be more of a challenge than forgiving those who committed murder. But if he is to get his wish of moving on, he must find a way or perish into the lake of fire. The story came together easily, but writing it took much longer. Nearly a year later, it was finally ready for the editor. Wait. An editor cost how much? That is three months worth of pay. I was heartbroken that it was absolutely outside of my financial capability to afford this. Once I realized that was the norm, I sobbed bitterly. My mother had been right. I wanted with all my soul for her to be wrong, but she was right. As she had warned, writing would be unattainable for me. The editors may as well be asking a million dollars because neither amount was something that I would have at any time soon. It would take years to save up the money to afford a proper editor and all with no evidence, even if the book sells well, that I would make money with it, especially enough to make some after recouping the cost of an editor. The story sat in a file on my desktop, reminding me of its uselessness every single time I logged onto my computer. Yet, the buzzing in my brain wouldn't shut off. I had more scenarios that could use a genie. Now, I have three complete novels featuring genies as they, one by one, come to terms with their situations. Then Amazon swooped in with its cape. Salvation. I could publish these on my own without paying thousands of dollars to a vanity press. Back up, to answer your question, yes, I tried to find a literary agent for about six years, over a hundred submissions. Only three had the courtesy to send a form letter rejecting me. The others just ghosted me. One did put a note that she enjoyed the story very much, but I needed to hire an editor. Uck. More sobbing bitterly. Honestly, you would have thought someone died. Back to Amazon. After having a grammar picky friend help me, I continued hunting the Roadrunner, only older while E-Coyote fans will understand that reference. I hit the publishing button and waited. I am not sure what for, but I waited. Months later I actually sold one copy. Yay! My joy quickly evaporated once I realized the sale was from my boss, the dean at the college. She told me about it at work the next day. She loved the story, but dear, you should fire that editor. The dialogue grammar is all wrong. And it was, 
the comma was outside the quotation marks, making my work look exactly like what it was. Amateurish. Humiliated, I considered unpublishing the book. After all, one copy sold isn't something to brag about. It's something to deny. Why, no, I have never published a book. Why do you ask? I resolved to fix this. I did, regrettably, leave the book published because I had solid research to suggest that a book rarely recovers after having been unpublished, it loses its rank. I really didn't believe I could hurt it worse by leaving it. How wrong I was. Now the needs editing reviews would be on top forever, and no amount of money for an editor could fix that. I had ruined my book before it even got off the ground because I could not afford the editing fees. It was like a death. I was truly as crushed as I was the day my mother told me I was going to start following directions in English class or working toward being a loser. The sad part was that I had decided to use my year-end bonus to hire an editor instead of spending it on vacation, fear not, my ex had bought a vacation for himself and the children, so I was the only one denied. You can imagine how I felt when more reviews came in about the book needing editing. Yes, the editor I hired changed kneeling to Nelling. It would be years before I would attempt publishing anything again. And it would take nearly five years to save back enough money for my missed vacation. I went to Las Vegas for a teaching conference, smiley face. Thankfully, by then I had made some friends in the industry and could now afford a proper editor with references. I had the book edited properly and republished it. No copies have been sold beyond the free ones that Amazon occasionally hosts, but I knew that once my book lost its rank, it most likely would never recover. But, at least, it is now fixed and not hovering out there as a cyberspace embarrassment. Here it is if anyone would like to invest a whopping 0.99 cents. A genie's point of view. As an officer, I used to tell people that if you can't afford car insurance, you really can't afford to drive. You are risking too much even if it's the other person's fault. As an author, I tell you, you can end your career before it even starts, no matter how long or how much you have wanted to write. If you can't afford a proper editor, you can't afford to put your name on the novel. To this day, I still wonder if the book wouldn't have been condemned to the bottom seller list if I had just waited for the money to afford an editor. I actually set my writing ambitions back a decade by skipping this step, or worse, trying to half do it. Because not only did I hurt the sales, but I also did something my mother and teachers could have never done, took away my desire to write. It wasn't until the COVID quarantine went national that I sat down with my computer to entertain myself because I couldn't stand the news anymore. They were making everything so political instead of just reporting it. Writing had finally returned as my companion to help shut out the world. This time, I'll have my list of proven editors to work with, so my work will have a great start. I also hope that I can now use my experience to help others. It may be too late for my first novel, but another will follow, and in the process, I have a great deal of research, insight, and much more polished grammar skills to help those in need. Here is my story editing gig, I don't do copy editing, even if I am now better at catching errors. Coming next month, what I didn't know about self-marketing.